Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Red Pill Cartel. Uh, I have a very special guest today for you. Her name is Cheney Crab, and she is uh, the front woman of a prog death metal band called Entheos. And I was a huge fan of hers uh, before I started my show. And, um, you know, it just just so happened that I reached out to her and then the universe aligned itself. And uh, she agreed to come on the show. And it worked out perfectly because we talked about so much shit that this show talks about. So I really hope you enjoy the episode today. And also, um, Nigel the Goat uh, has been reaching out to me and he's, he's like really wanted to do a lot more for the show because he's feeling like he's kind of on the sidelines. Uh, but he kind of kicked me out of the outro position now. So he wants to do the outro now. So just you wait and uh, you'll see how Nigel um, does the outro now. So... I hope he does a good job. You know, he's a good goat, so we'll see what happens. Uh, you know what you got to do in the meantime, though? Sit back, crack beer, smoke a dube, do what you got to do, enjoy the show. Welcome back, Cartel, to another episode of Red Pill Cartel. I am your host, David Wavy, and today we have a guest of honor and her name is Cheney Crab and she is a ba- she's in a band she's a vocalist lead vocalist for uh, the band called Entheos and uh, everybody welcome Cheney Crab how are you how are you yeah thanks for having me i'm good how are you man oh fantastic um yeah i was like leading up to this episode i was like fuck i'm going to try not to fanboy out too much you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> wait are you from canada are you from I am, canada yeah. Yeah, I'm in Toronto. Yeah, it just it just came out when you said the word out. I was like, oh, okay. Oh shit! I know where you're from. <laughs> you caught me. <laughs> I mean, where in Canada do you live? Like near near Toronto. I'm in a city called Brampton. Okay, I haven't heard of the city, but obviously yeah. I know Toronto. Northwest of Toronto, yeah. I don't know how like where you've toured and shit like that, but uh, have you ever toured up in Canada or no? Yeah, definitely. Um, the place we played in, I, I've only been to Canada once, so I, or maybe it was on two tours, but we've been to Guelph, or Ontario. Is that familiar? Oh, to yeah, you? that's about a 40-minute drive from where I'm at. Okay, yeah, that's where we played, and we've played heavy Montreal, and... Uh, oh, I was at heavy, which, yeah. which, uh, what year was that? That was 2018. That was one of the coolest shows I've ever played. I, I think I was at, uh, was it Faith No More that was there? Or was Faith No More there? No. Oh. It was uh, Marilyn Manson. Okay, yeah. I was at Heavy yeah. Montreal in 2016, I believe, when Faith No More headlined one day. Because that's oh, all that I went for. awesome. That's all I went for. Because <laughs> one of my favorite bands of all time, right? Yeah, that would have been awesome. I wish that Faith No More. Oh my god! Played. But there were there were a lot of sick bands. Like we saw Emperor, which was really awesome. Oh shit! No way. Yeah, yeah, and right before Emperor came on, there was like a thunder and lightning storm, and it just totally set the tone. I would have met. You know, <laughs> it's like it's like Emperor came 
out of the clouds. Yeah. Like the fucking so hard. blackest of black metal and then fucking enter a thunder and lightning storm and then they come from the sky. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. And I had been I had been smoking some fine Canadian weed that day. So <laughs> I was like in the perfect place to see that set. It was one of the coolest sets I've ever seen. That's awesome. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, that was an awesome festival. But Canada rules, man. Like the the scene up there for metal is so cool and it's so fun to play. Like we've you know, we've done like the normal Canadian cities, Vancouver and all of that stuff, and all of the shows were awesome. Like there's yeah. a there's a love for that kind of metal here, but it's even more so in Canada. I find like every time I go to a metal show, like I haven't been for maybe a few years now. Last show I went to see was Amorphous up in Toronto. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. And um, but every time I go to a metal show, it's just like you look around, you you know, you drink a, f- a couple beers, you smoke a dude, whatever, and it's just like everybody's brother and sister there. Totally. Yeah, you, you all have that one thing in common that you came to see, and you all have something to talk about. You know what I mean? It's just like everybody's so like fucking down to earth, chill. You know. Of course, you got to get those few assholes right but uh for the most <laughs> well, part yeah pretty awesome totally i mean that's one of the things that drew me into metal in the first place was the the brother and sisterhood of just you know we're all into this super niche thing and we all can at least connect on that and the, just the amount of people that i've met who are amazing in my life through that simple thing that we have in common i mean my fiance and I will say all the time, just I, I think of all the people we've met through music. Like I can't even name, I can name very few people in my life who I connected with who weren't through music in the first place. Right. And it's, this cool little thing that we all have in common has spawned so many great uh, like experiences for me in my life and, and so many great friendships. It's such a cool thing to have. For sure. I mean, like, I'm a bit of a singer myself. Like, I haven't pursued it, but, like, I used to, like, come home and, like, I'd work midnights, come home, uh, smoke smoke a doob, and then just rock the mic. You know, like, my parents were, like, up upstairs, so they didn't, it didn't really bother them. But I had, like, a mic running through an amp, and I'd have my guitar through the other amp, and cranking my stereo and playing along to, to songs right <clears throat> and uh like i was in a band when i was in like my early 20s but i'm 42 now uh but uh, it's just never something i was i was trying to pursue it in my early 30s but it never worked out because i could just never find like those like-minded people you know what i'm saying so it's kind of difficult but uh um, where was I going with this? Yeah. So what did you find out that music was for you? And like, when did you learn that you can sing the way that you do? Cause it's fucking wild. Randy Blythe, like I said, was really the, the vocalist that started to teach me that I could, you know, modulate my vocals, go do high right. and lows and mid ranges and, and kind of explore the art of the screamed vocal. Sure. So yeah. From there, I, I eventually got into death metal and progressive music and it was it's all been um kind of the same since then yeah that's awesome i i, I think i always loved um burton c bell from fear factory oh yeah 
dude. And like his his fucking voice is phenomenal. Like his clean and his dirty. It's it's wild. Yeah, it was really good. I remember seeing Fear Factory back in like maybe oh four with Slipknot and Chimera. And they were nice. great. Yeah, it was a really good show. Ah, and I'm, I was heartbroken to learn that he left, he stepped out of Fear Factory, but uh, we'll see what happens now with them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so I think if, um, if my story is straight, uh, you put out a video uh, rehearsing for Veil of Maya, and that's pretty much how you got where you are now kind of thing. Um, or one of the stepping stones? It, it was definitely a stepping <clears throat> stone. So, yeah, I put, I did this audition video for Veil of Mine. It was kind of just, it wasn't kind of, it was totally on a whim. Um, my fiance had been asked to do a remix of a Veil of Maya song called Unbreakable. So he just so happened to have the stems to the song. And when I found out that Brandon had quit the band, I like read it on the internet and I was like, Naveen, we have to go. Like, I want to go try out for this band. Let's use those stems or, or at least make a video. I didn't really know that I would be trying out, but I thought it'd be fun to make sure. <laughs> a, a playthrough type video. So I threw it up on the internet and I just expected maybe it to get 500 views or something. I didn't really expect much from it but yeah I put it on the internet and woke up the next morning or the day after and all of a sudden like Revolver had shared the video holy fuck it sort of went viral yeah how did that make you feel I mean it was awesome I've been doing vocals for so long and just you know you you kind of look forward to that day when like a magazine like Revolver that I've been sh reading since I was a little kid into been getting into metal. When they shared it, I w it was just totally surreal. Oh, I I, I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I'd be like, holy fuck. Yeah. Thank you. Really rad. <laughs> totally. So I that and then I uh, after that, uh, Naveen, my fiance had he had been doing a solo project called Naveen K and he was like on tour in Europe and my video was going, you know, he had helped me track that video and then he leave he left for tour and that video was going viral and it kind of gave us the idea really to start a band together. Sure. I get, I guess that's kind of how it happened. And at the same time, uh, a guy named Frank Costa who was, who played guitar in Naveen's old band called Animosity. Uh, Frank had hit up Naveen to track his band's album. And Naveen was like, well, why don't we just start a metal band with Chaney instead of tracking your solo <laughs> album that you want to do? And Frank was down and then we asked Devin. So the, the Veil of Maya thing was definitely like a stepping stone in, in Entheos starting. And it definitely helped... I, I don't know. I guess it it just helped because we like started the band and that video had just come out a few months before that. So it helped people know who I was or have an idea for who I was, I guess. 
because sure. those guys, the guys I started the band with had all been in, in bands that people have kind of heard of around the metal scene. Yep. Such so, as. So yeah, that, that was definitely a part of the, what started the fire for our band. And members in your band now in Entheos, they were from which other bands would you say? Uh, well, the Naveen was in Animals as Leaders, Evan and Animosity, and he's played in The Faceless, and a bunch. He's you know now he played on like White Chapel's album a few years ago, but that was while our band was together. Uh, Evan, who who was the bassist we started the band with, was in Animosity and The Faceless, and has his own solo project that's really awesome called Evan Brewer, and then Frank was from Animosity as well, so. You know, those guys, people kind of knew who they were around the metal scene. And me having that video sort of helped people be like, oh, and she's from, she did this video that we just saw. We know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, whatever works, you know, like (laughs) how, how well is Entheos doing? Well, what do you, how do, what do you mean by that? Like uh, financially, successfully kind of thing uh our band's not in debt we're, we do fine you know that's good that's we're good. Killing. especially these days in uh the situation that the world is in right like do you guys sell a lot of merch it just depends it just i mean you know right now we've been doing merch drops we did this merch drop a couple of months ago and it did pretty well and we do okay in merch and it's fine i mean we've never I don't know. I don't really look at the band in that way, but what I am happy about is that we don't have any debts as a band. I think a lot of people, you know, bands will get caught up in merch debts and things like that, and that always sucks. So we don't yeah. have that going on. That's good. Very yeah, good. I've seen, I mean, bands will fall apart over that stuff. So just That sucks. To- I mean, like, the fact that it, it's it is a business thing, right? Like you're doing what you're doing out of pure passion and, and joy. Right. And when shit like that happens, it's very unfortunate. I mean, I've seen a lot of bands like split up because of like, like the most mundane shit, you know what I mean? And it's like so unfortunate and heartbreaking to the fans, you know? Totally. I mean, it's especially, I think in, <clears throat> in like the, a super niche genre of metal which is what my band plays and you know what a lot of us play metal is you have to have a lot of people in your band metal bands usually consist of four or five members and you start a band with four or five members and as the band goes on you have to find a way to keep that many people on the road a lot of the time you're touring in a van So it's not like the easiest route to take. And it's very understandable why it's not for a lot of people. Right. I've seen seen people, they think touring is for them and they want to be, I don't know, a guitar. They want to be in a band more than anything. And then they go out on a couple of tours and they realize it's just not at all their thing. They don't like sleeping that way or or they can't like hang out with four other people for 30 days straight. It's just, right. <laughs> or they, they, people grow up and they start to have families and you have to choose between 
being a band person or being a family person. And yep, I've seen that a lot as well. Yeah, totally. And then you you put that along with the fact that a lot of people aren't making a ton of money on the road, um, and the money that they are bringing in, they have to sometimes pay back to merch debts. And then after that, you split it between five people, four or five people. So, <laughs> so I mean, the jerk. odds are stacked against the the metal. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know? that's why that's why I'm saying it's like it's out of passion of what you're doing, right? Like, absolutely, yeah. You're not gonna see people on the road playing metal for for ten plus years who aren't uh, in some kind of like psychotic love with it. <laughs> I mean, t- with touring period, because no matter the touring vessel, even if you're on a tour bus, it it doesn't touring just isn't for everyone it really isn't it's a hard thing to do no matter how what style you're doing it in you have to be willing to to live like in a, in a very rugged sort of way you know yeah absolutely yeah like it's not it's not extravagant you know <laughs> it's really not and it's not you know people mistake it for being this awesome traveling experience which don't get me wrong. It is awesome to travel and to see different places for like six hours at a time, as much as you can see of that place. But at the end of the day, it's work more than it is a vacation. It's really not a vacation to go. You don't see much of the city. I mean, uh, Naveen and I went on a trip to Portland uh, in 2020 at toward the end of 2020 and we've been to portland so many times touring but that time we were like wow it really feels like we're visiting portland this time around because you can look you're not tied to a bunch of other people you can go around the city when you're there for a few days straight it's just an experience that being in a place for 10 hours and playing a show doesn't afford you that kind of stuff Right, for sure. Uh, hopefully, you didn't have any run-ins with uh, Antifa. <laughs> no, I didn't. And my friend's uh, boyfriend was a is a cop, and we were staying. And he's a cop in Portland, and he was telling us about what was going on, and it, it seemed pretty crazy. But we didn't. I think I lost you again. There you are. My phone is doing all kinds of strange things. It's like turning <laughs> itself down. Of course, the first okay. time I try to use it for to do a podcast, it's like you know, acting out, giving you giving you problems. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, who came up with the name Entheos? So it. At the beginning of our band, I was just talking about Frank. Naveen and I used to go up and stay at Frank's house and have like slumber parties and they would write music essentially. And we were trying to come up with names and Frank found Entheos in one of his books. And it's the root word for enthusiasm and it means full of God in Greek. And we were like, yeah, that's it. So Frank really pulled pulled it out of a book but it was a full agreement from all parties but it also has like some kind of a primal kind of thing connected to it does it not 
Uh, I don't know. You tell me. Okay, well, I don't know. I was, I was looking at the <laughs> definition of the word, <clears throat> and I, I just it just seemed to connect so well with how you sing and everything and the way that you guys write and perform. Um, but your energy that you put out uh, to me is very primal. And to me, anybody who does, who can uh, perform that way, I would assume that they are a, a non-angry person because they get their aggression out through their music. I guess you could say that. I have, I definitely have my moments of anger, but it's, it is uh, definitely an outlet. I wouldn't yeah. say I'm not an angry person, though. I'm definitely <laughs> not, it's definitely not something that shows, or I guess that I could be more described as being like melancholy ever, every so often. I'm not really angry. So that's, I guess that's true. Yeah, I was just, I was just thinking in terms of like, you know, um, you're, you're able to get out that aggression through that uh, medium, right? So yeah. you're, you could be less of an angry person because of that. Uh, maybe yeah. if you, maybe if you weren't doing this, maybe you would be more angry or aggressive. <laughs> yeah, perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. That's definitely true. It's a, it's a form of, uh, you know, it's similar to working out or doing cardio, kind of performing the music and going and doing it live. It definitely, yeah. you definitely get something out on the stage. It's very cathartic. Oh, and it's definitely. Super unlike any. Uh, other experience and packed with adrenaline I mean after I get off stage I it takes me a while to stop shaking from adrenaline oh, oh yeah for sure yeah, yeah so it all uh, on a few tours I've sold our merch and all like have to run off stage directly to our merch table and it just takes me a few minutes to like really talk to people so I'm I always feel bad for the people that I talk to like right after our set is over because I'm super like on one I'm jolted I can only imagine I mean like and you're probably you've probably um mistakenly insulted people by not wanting to connect with them at that moment right yeah well you never know I'm sure that I've been short with someone and you really never know how people are going to perceive you and it is weird you know just selling merch and having that interaction with people right and trying to count money and and be super kind of uh it, it's got like this anxiety tied to it anyway so it's a different kind of anxiety <laughs> i can imagine though because yeah. it's like you're you're excited anxious yeah because absolutely. you just finished the show and you're like oh man that felt so fucking awesome and you're super pumped and you're you're you got you're full of adrenaline and then you're trying to like deal with all these people and you're like fuck 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 <laughs> like i can only imagine yeah. i mean essentially it's like you imagine your body as like a race car and you just did 180 laps and then you immediately step on the brakes and try to go like do something else try to go like completely flip your world around and do something that's not racing i don't, right. I don't know how to finish that but it's like, like you gotta do the dishes or something yeah exactly <clears throat> i have to, like this, you have to go on like a zen 
a Buddhist retreat directly after doing that. It's, it's super, uh, there's a weird dichotomy to that, to the after, after you, uh, after you jumped off stage, uh, after finishing a show, would you ever be like, okay, breathe and try to calm yourself down? Or do you just go? No, definitely. I would much rather do that. I don't. I really, <laughs> but you probably don't. Really, my goal is to never sell merch again. So, <laughs> yeah. Really like hire somebody to do it, right? Of course, yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes we just like to. Sometimes it's nice to save room in the van to just not have an extra person with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We hire people a lot of the time. Uh, I think one of the things that attracted me attracted me to uh, your band as well uh, is because I'm very like my show is mostly about uh, spirituality and uh, conspiracies, paranormal, all that kind of stuff. But the like the name Entheos mm-hmm. and whole energy that's attached to that is like really it just like and seeing you perform on your videos, I'm just like holy fuck, and I'm like at work and I'm like dude, look at this. Or I'll, I'll fucking play it without showing them. <laughs> and then I'll yeah. show them. And they're like, dude, what the fuck? They're like so blown away. And most of the people that I work with, they're like, they're mostly into like hip hop and stuff like that, right? But uh, yeah, when they totally. see like that beautiful woman, and it's just, it's completely fucking mind blowing. I think the first uh, performer I saw uh, doing death metal was uh, Angela Gasso. Oh, sick. Yeah, I never got to see it. And she ended up uh, teaching other women to do what she does, right? Uh, I don't know. Yes, no, she she did. She's teaching now. Uh, I've seen a... There's a really good Angela Gosso video on YouTube of her teaching a class, I guess. I didn't really notice if it was... I, I know that she's definitely doing that. And it's a... It's very informative. She definitely knows what she's talking about. And she's a very good vocalist. So it makes sense. Oh my God. That like, she's just incredible. Um, Okay. I I need you to clear something up for my audience and the people that know me because I'm a huge fucking metalhead. Right. So the main question I always get asked about uh, death metal vocals is how do they do that without killing their voice? And I, I tell them it's purely technique. It's not just screaming into a microphone. You're using technique, right? And are you self-taught? Yeah, I'm completely self-taught. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm self-taught in the way that I have learned from example. I've never taken any sort of formal lesson. I, of course, you know, like I said, I did swing choir so I've gotten tips along the way from teachers and stuff but I progressing and screaming is just completely I've I've watched videos sometimes and things like that I never I just kind of take a piece of information from every thing that I'm into I take sure if, if there's a vocalist that I like then I learn a little more about what they're doing and I kind of try to uh emulate it in a way and, and emulate yeah and put it in my toolbox right so i never i just look at everything as a tool um it's it's like in painting you know every 
thing that I learn is just a tool that I'm going to take and make into my own creation. So we're all kind of products of example. We're all products of the things around us when it comes to that type of stuff. So I take a little grain from every one who's who I think is rad and try to I, I I just like to learn so I'm always looking for new stuff from people so I I'm self-taught in that way but you know I learn from those around me so I don't yeah know. absolutely self-taught is such a, a funny thing because yeah because really it's self-taught at the end of the day right right you're you're totally right I mean like when I was like 12 or 13 I was upstairs in the bathroom in the shower uh singing fucking uh megadeth in the shower right yeah and my my parents were like holy shit like you know (laughs) (laughs) and it was just me learning how to manipulate my own vocal cords how dave mustaine was doing it right yeah and then then, and then when i got it when i got into faith no more um i started emulating my patent a lot and doing it quite fucking well and then i had friends like i'd be at a party and my buddy was like dude come with me for a sec i'm like okay and we'd be sitting in a stairwell we go to the stairwell in the apartment building he's like do uh uh gentle art of making enemies so i'm like <laughs> what am I doing now he's like yeah the acoustics are good in here let me hear it so I just belted it out. He's like, dude, <laughs> fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's so that's how it kind of started for me, right? And then like in my early 20s, my friend started a band. And I was like, they were, they were like, dude, you're, the, you're like the only one that can do this. So I'm like, okay. So I got it. But we, we played a couple gigs and then it was like, you know, people started having babies and shit, right? Right. Yeah. So it kind of broke off, right? As tends to happen. It's funny how vocals are... I started off kind of doing that too. Like I was a party trick. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Do it. We're, we're drunk. Do some of those vocals, dude. Yeah. And then like rock, like rock band, people would have rock, the game rock band. Totally. And they'd always make me sing, right? I'm like, all right, cool. And I love doing it, so. Yeah, totally. I would do the, I would like try to be the drummer on rock band. <laughs> <laughs> that's who, what i wanted to be sucked at the drumming <laughs> i love drumming I, I mean that's I have, I have rhythm but like i haven't really learned how to manipulate a drum kit you know what i mean totally i could air drum like i know all the notes that they're playing and shit <laughs> but like i could i could air drum tom sawyer like a motherfucker <laughs> wow that's i mean if you can air drum Tom Sawyer, you can probably play something. You can probably right. play Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so much fun. I mean, like, um, like I would, I would love to be in another band, you know what I mean? But it's just like, that's just not where I'm situated right now. But uh, yeah, what are you going to, are you guys going to start touring again soon? Or what's the deal with that? Uh, we have a tour booked for April and May, so I am going to answer that question hypothetically, yes, but I think that it's also everything's sort of up in the air, as it has been for like the last couple of years, so who knows? I'm hoping so, yeah. It's planned to be. Will it be? Uh, I'll let you know like when it's over. Cool. 
yeah. That's awesome. Um, and now what about uh, the situation with uh, COVID and having to play places that uh, require a vaccination passport? Are you down for that or? I'm sort of n- neither here nor there. I just want to play shows, you know, I'm not like, I'm not going to hold a hard stance really. Right. And these are some of the things that I was like uh, thinking about when I was asking you prior to the show, the show, uh, if anything is off limits because your opinions uh, can affect your career too. Right. So. Yeah, they definitely can. I, I guess that I'm just the type of person like when I was a kid, my grandma was my grandma told me I still remember to this day like don't we don't need to discuss religion or politics or money with people and I kind of just extend that to things like this I just health I don't (laughs) yeah I don't care what other people are doing and I don't need to tell them what I'm doing you know I feel the same way yeah even though I'm very vocal about uh (laughs) shit on my page I get a lot of looks. You have, you have the right to do that. Totally. That's it. As, that's as it. Does. And it's, I, it's my opinion. And it's like, yeah. that's all it is. And it's like, I'm not trying to shove it down anybody's throat. Uh, I had a friend who I knew back in college and I followed her other page and she said, you can follow me if you want, but uh, I'm 500% pro mask and pro vax. And I'm like, that's fine. You have your opinion too. Like I'm not, I'm not here to fucking divide anybody. You know what I mean? We're already being divided. So yeah. I want to divide anymore. Yeah. You know, I, like I said earlier, I, through music and just throughout my life, I've had, I've been able to meet a lot of incredible people. And I know people who hold both opinions and I love, or opinions either way. And I just love them just the same. I don't. Exactly. I, yeah. I just, I, I care far more about like everyone that I know being happy and, and just doing what they want to do in their lives. And, and I care way more about art and and things like that than I do about judging people really, you know, I don't like care about other people's business very much. Yeah. Well, being in your position as well, like anybody who does anything outside of the box of, uh, you know, say, let's, let's, let's say uh, the matrix of the system, anybody who does anything outside of the norm of like a nine to five and shit, they get looked at and they get judged. Right. So you have to kind of break that fear barrier uh, and doing what you do, especially uh, you just have to not give a shit about what people think about you because whatever, whatever it is that you're going to do, people are either going to love it or hate it, you know? That's very true. I think about that a lot, how um, people care a lot about what other people are doing. And it's, it's so insane to me. I really struggle with that because you'll make decisions and you never know that anyone, you're, you're making decisions for yourself most of the time in this life. What's best for me? Uh, how can I improve my quality of life? just my life overall, my happiness, my mental health. And you're making these decisions for yourself and no matter what, down to choosing a a 
specific diet, people will judge you. And Absolutely. People, you won't even know that people are judging you and you'll hear three months down the road, oh, so-and-so thought that when you did this, it was really stupid. Or, you know, you'll just find out about things and you're, you, it makes you stop and think, wow, I can't believe that someone else was w- wasting their mental capacity caring about like <laughs> what the fuck what it is I'm doing <laughs> yeah me deciding that I was gonna get up at five and go to the gym every day you know right <laughs> yeah <laughs> things and <clears throat> I don't know it's so um I'm guilty of the same thing too though like in my in my own mind like I'll I'll briefly judge somebody but then it's just like it's a fleeting moment. You know what I mean? Of course. Uh, I mean, I think that for some reason it's ingrained in, in people to, to form like a snap judgment. And I, I'm sure that that's a, a primal thing that's just been around forever. You know, you've had to judge your, your enemy or, or the, the actions of others so that you don't repeat those things and, and suffer or, you know, step backwards because you've, copied that so you're kind of like we're 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 like we learn that to judge so it kind of it makes sense in that capacity but in the way that we're talking about it now it's just like it's something that's I don't know it needs to be worked out of the system yeah yeah I think (laughs) it's very a lot of stigma on almost kind of everything that people do and it, it, no matter how good or evil if you want to call it that uh whatever people do and like people get jealous of what what of other things that people are doing aside from the norm you know they absolutely do i yeah, yeah it's it's human nature i guess in certain ways and yeah i just if I had like one hope for those that I love, it's that they didn't waste their time doing those type of things. And, and yeah, usually that it, usually those judgments do come from some sort of a jealous place or a place where you're like, I wish I could be doing that. Or I just wish that I had the courage to, to step out of line in the way that that person is. Like, um, I I don't know your thoughts about the Bible or religion or anything, but like, <clears throat> I'm not religious at all. I'm spiritual, but I take a lot of things, a lot of knowledge from uh, holy books and whatnot. But, um, <clears throat> you know, greed, envy, um, <clears throat> jealousy, all that shit comes from, it's almost like it's a projection of your faults onto other people. Yeah. And yeah. That's why it's it's labeled as a sin because you're supposed to be, like rise above that shit. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And if you're if you're sitting on your on your white throne judging other people while you're not doing sh- the shit that you should be doing, then you're a sinner, right? <laughs> I, I mean, well, don't you think that like the greatest uh, self help or positivity book of all time would just be like a one liner that said, "Actually, quit giving a shit." about anything but your own interests yourself it'd be like a quick one-liner like that like it's yeah for sure i i feel like the meaning of life is like something so much more simplistic than what whatever we're 
chasing, I guess. Yeah, and I think religion has a lot to do with uh, corrupting that message too. Like, uh, you know, because if you take a look at most people who are uh, indoctrinated or dogmatic in religion, they have a tendency to think that they're on the correct path while everybody else is not, you know? Well, isn't that like the root problem of every religion is once it starts getting picked up by huge groups of people who start casting people out for doing things wrong? At the root of it, religion is, or spirituality, I'll call it. Like a one person's spirituality, if you're at home practicing some sort of spirituality by yourself, trying to, I guess, unchain yourself from the, <clears throat> from the earthly delights and pleasures and rise above, then it is essentially a good thing. And yes. I, I honestly feel like a lot of my, I'm not religious, but I went to church growing up with my grandma and I'm sure the lot of my core moral beliefs did come or my core like morality morals came from learning about that kind of stuff because at its core religion is really just trying to get people to kind of rise above and become better people and yeah for sure but it's when groups of people get a hold of it that it becomes uh something else so it, it becomes like blackened and corrupt yeah exactly yeah because people and are vile I think yeah for sure I think by their and maybe that's one of the things that religion got right is that we are you know quote unquote born into sin and then we are vile and corrupt like automatically right <laughs> but with that being said I also like to give people the benefit of the doubt you know cross me once that's okay cross me a second time you're fucking gone you know me too. You know, I truly want to believe that people are good. Mm -hmm. And most of the people that I've met have been good, but you, we inevitably all come across those uh, reptilian types in our lives. Ooh, keyword, <laughs> reptilian. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, dude. I mean, like, there's so much shit out there that's just, you know, like, be me being in the conspiracy world and being a part of it, uh, with my podcast and everything mm -hmm. I've met so many awesome people and the conversations I've had with people are just like it, it I always equate it to church like going to church like I need to have these conversations with people uh, to know what um, they think about what's really going on in the world and stuff and there's people that are trying to expose other people for using uh, occult symbolism in their uh, business practices, let's say. Uh, but it's like, I don't really want to get involved in that because I don't feel like that's my job to expose other people. Yeah. I just want, I just want, I just want to get other people on the same fucking wavelength so that we can kind of, you know, rise above as a whole, uh, uh, uh in humanity. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it's, I mean, I know from having a podcast, too, it's fun to talk to a bunch of different types of people. I just like whether or not I believe in what another person is saying. I really like hearing their story because sure. I, I everybody like, has I a story, find, too. Yeah, I find it to be incredibly important to learn everything you can about every idea that's out there. 
Like you can only come, you really can only come to an honest conclusion about how you feel about the world. If you have all of the, all of the information from every which way that it can come. And then you can sort of, you know, begin to just find your own way around the world. I don't have as like strong of, you know, I don't like believe in any conspiracy a lot so much that I would go and fight for it or anything, but I do think it's, it's super fascinating to learn about the possibilities of what could happen out there. It's the same way that I don't necessarily believe in the idea of heaven or hell, but I'm not counting it out. Definitely not counting any of it out because no one really knows. That's just it. I mean, <clears throat> I kind of knew you were going to be like this. Like we we're going to have this awesome conversation. I was just, I just knew from your energy, you know, like, she's got an open mind. I can tell, you know, and that's how I am too. Like I, I don't um, judge anybody for believing what they believe in or what they don't believe in, you know, like this is where I'm at consciously and it's okay if you're on a different level than me, you maybe, you know, you haven't leveled up enough to uh, not judge me from speaking my mind, you know? Yeah. I really, I think that's an important quality to have because if you, you know, I've seen people who hate a certain thing so much that they won't uh, even hear out what that, that side of the thing that they are so vehemently against has to say. And I really think that people are missing a lot when they shut off any part of the world. They're shut yeah. off. You're missing. I mean, if you're like... I don't know. It's just like only listening to one genre, you know, saying I'm yeah. <laughs> only ever going to listen to brutal technical death metal and I will never, ever fucking listen to anything else. In my life. <laughs> you know, imagine, imagine what kind of uh, music that person is going to make. And then that's almost kind of the, it, it's equivalent to the thought process that someone who's only allowing in one thought forever will have because you're essentially only regurgitating information. Like I said earlier, you're a product of all of these influences around you. So everybody, everybody lives in an echo chamber. I'm convinced. Yeah. 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 I think so too. I mean, you got to rise above and you got to use your talents to uh, do what you got to do what you want to do passionately in life. And hopefully uh you know monetize it to a, a comfortable level if not greater you know yeah absolutely um, my my podcast is not monetized at all i have a patreon um but uh you know um i don't i'm not doing this because i want to eventually make money that would be great but i'm doing it out of pure pure passion absolutely I I can completely relate to you on that. And I think that in the end, that really separates the people who were, are kind of like, um, God, what's the word? I can't think of the word right now for people who, who, who are kind of in something for five seconds and get out of it. Here's a good example. So during the, during the pandemic, a ton of people started podcasts. A few, oh, of yeah. them, a few of them are still around now. And I'm like, okay, these are the people who actually really were in love with doing that thing because you, 
a podcast is something that sounds so simple, right? It's okay. I can just get on this app that, that Dave showed me about or showed me today called anchor. And now I can just track my voice and uh, edit it all in there and upload it. It seems like something that takes five minutes, but then so you, we have a podcast and sometimes it's like we Naveen and I will have drank the night before and we're like feeling a little too hungover to have to shoot an episode and you've got to get over things like that you know <laughs> that's that's how you know you really love something if you'll get up when you have a horrible hangover and still do it definitely yeah <laughs> still stick to it <laughs> <clears throat> like for me I was I was sick I came down with a, a head cold um during New Year's. Oh, yeah. And uh, before that, though, like I started my show in August. And now this is epitho- ep- episode. <laughs> this is episode 37. And oh, yeah. people are like, how the fuck did you do 37 or 35 episodes or whatever since August? Like, that seems like so much. And I'm like, I just love doing it. Absolutely. Persistence pays off. That's exactly what I told people. I'm like, you got to be persistent with it. You can't just go, I'm going to start a podcast and then do like an episode like every two weeks or whatever. I mean, you can, but for me, I just wanted to get the guest train rolling in. And then next thing you know, all my calendars filling up on all the times that I have time off. And I'm like, yes, awesome, awesome, awesome. Right. And then make sure I fucking get there on time to do it. Right. Totally. And it's just, it's a great feeling. It's, it fulfills a void in me that I didn't even know existed. Yeah, I, it's fun to talk to people. It's even more fun to like be, have an absolute reason why you need to hit people up. It's an excuse to talk to people who you may not other, uh, otherwise naturally start an in-depth conversation with. Or when you do encounter them, you may not You know, if I saw you on the road, we might not be able to stand and talk for like 55 minutes straight. Sure. But the podcast gives a great reason to just talk to people and to to unsolicitedly hit them up and say, will you be on my podcast? Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, it's a really cool tool. I love it. It really is. And I mean, like even people that I've never spoken to uh, through voice before. It's just like, we just connect. Boom. When we do a podcast, it's like an endless stream of conversation. There's no dead air, no nothing. And it yeah. just blows my mind every time. Me too. Naveen and I have gone into so many podcasts. Like, what are we going to talk about today? And then you, you kind of realize that you have these podcast conversations all the time. The only difference is that you don't really sit and uh, record them. All the oh time. my God. That's exactly why I started my show because I, I originally got on one of my friend's shows. Uh, it's called Upstate Unconventional Shadow to Nico because he asked, he just jumped in my DM and said, yo, do you have any like paranormal uh, stories and shit? And I'm like, Dude, I have so many. Like growing up, I, ha- I was like, live. I, I, I'm convinced I'm. I lived in a haunted house, right? Damn. And I gave him. I said, "Yeah, dude, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but what, I'll get on your show, and then we'll do it, right?" And he's like, "Good. I love surprises." So I got on there, and we killed it. 
And then right then and there, after that show, I was like, dude, I'm doing my own fucking podcast. Hell yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> because bef- prior to that, I was having conversations on, on the phone with other people. And it was just like, dude, this could have been a podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. So, so now I'm like booking all these people in and we're having all these amazing conversations that even though I've never met them before, just like you, like yourself. And um, it just blows my mind every time. Like I said, like, how do I, how have I never met this person before, but we can connect on so many different levels. It's wild. Uh, the podcasting thing is awesome. It opens a whole new world of, of conversation and yeah, you got to talk to a lot of strangers. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, I hold no, I, I have my, my show. I, with my show, I take the approach uh, with like a non-biased, non-judgmental, non-argumentative kind of style, right? Like, I don't have any guests on here. I'm, I'm not here to like debate with people. Yeah. I just want to hear their story. And then if that clicks with me, then fantastic. Right. Yeah. If not. then I'll kind of, I'll kind of get a little bit like on the, um, the tired side where I'm just like, <laughs> okay, I get it. Yeah, like I, I know it. that feeling exactly. <laughs> it's like, okay, there's nothing really to explore here. I actually, yeah. there was one conversation like that, that we did, uh, put into a podcast I'll never say which podcast it was but it really it was one of those podcasts for me that was so like that that I was just like I don't want to do this anymore yeah that's unfortunate it's an unfortunate feeling but it's very rare for me yeah totally it's yeah. only happened to me that one time and we've shot I think we're on episode like 88 at this point so it was just one episode that we shot, but it's, I think this is really what it was that we had. <laughs> Sometimes you have guests, you'll get guests and it'll be people who aren't necessarily that good at like rolling off of a question. Okay. Or like, they're just, it's kind of like a super, they're expecting a super Q and a format. Right. And that's what happened. And it was so like awkward that I was just like, this is, there's something about this that's not right. So ever since then, we've been a little more choosy with the people. Like we only get people on our podcast really who are friends of ours. Right. And yeah, I don't, yeah, there's just one weird podcast, I guess. That's interesting <laughs> because for me, it's like, I, they're not, it's, it's not like they're friends prior to it, but they do become friends after. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. You know what's weird is that this person is a friend. And it's not even their fault. I just think that, honestly, it was a mixture of, like, it being over Zoom. And something was weird about, like, we do a lot of in-person podcasts. And those have kind of been almost easier between like, three Like they're people. there with you? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, so we'll have people come over to our house and do a podcast with us. And those are just, like, more natural, I think, for us. Because there are two, you know, it's not a 
a back and forth conversation on my podcast. It's myself and Naveen, and then we will just do podcasts by ourselves or have a guest. So the three person thing just feels more natural in real life. Um, And yeah, I think there was just something weird about having it on Zoom that kind of was just a turn off. I, for some reason, get more nervous on Zoom. Oh, for sure, dude. I know that feeling. Yeah, it's very yeah, And I think that's, no, I know that's something that I enjoy about what we're doing right now because we're just speaking over audio and it's more like a a phone conversation. There's some weird thing that happens when you do a podcast on Zoom where it's like the, if there's any kind of lag, it almost affects you in a greater way than it would on audio. Right. Not only that, but like I could be comfortable on an audio podcast, like sitting here with my shirt off and shit. You know what I mean? Like nobody needs to see that shit, but I'm comfortable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm in my totally. own element, right? Totally. And there's something about being on a Zoom call where you're like, okay, I gotta like make sure I'm I'm like looking at the camera. You know, it's just weird. You get right a little more, I think. And that kind of that was a turnoff for me. Yeah, because I've done I've done uh, Zoom podcasts, and one of my buddies uploaded the show that I got on, and I watched it, and I'm like, I can't watch it. Because <laughs> <laughs> usually when I'm thinking about like things to say, I'm kind of like looking up. Yeah or side to side and just like thinking about shit that I want to say or preparing the next question. And I'm like, I just don't like doing it. You know what I mean? This kind of turns me off. Yeah. I really, which is how we shoot our pot. We do a video. I think you dropped again. Sorry, oh, anytime go. I hit this, I'm learning what's happening. Anytime my phone uh, like goes to the whatever sleep screen or whatever, then it cuts off the recording. So I'm going to try to watch that. But uh, that's okay. Thing? Yeah, so we do in-person podcasts and we do do it on video, but there's something about like just having people there in person that it's 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 easier to gauge the whole thing. Yeah, it's just way more comfortable. When you're face-to-face with somebody as yeah. opposed to through a phone or a computer, right? Exactly. Computers, yeah. I, know that, I know that people say that um, computers are going to take over the world and this, and like this Zoom thing is the way of the future and that's how we're all going to be interacting in the future and we'll have NFTs hung up on our virtual oh wall. Oh my God. But... I don't know. It's the whole uh, speaking to someone through a computer screen hasn't really passed the Turing test for me. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I don't really know about it. Maybe in a couple of lifetimes. Well, there's uh, trust me, I got um, people on my show that were talking about, um, you know, like AI and the Neuralink thing with Elon Musk and all that shit going on, you know, and like Elon Musk even said himself that you know we have to be careful with ai because it could be the end of humanity and the next thing you know he's pushing for it you know (laughs) i mean we've all fucking seen terminator dude right possible come on holy (laughs) like like if you think if this guy the main guy 
who is pushing AI onto the world and he's saying that it could be detrimental to, you know, the uh, existence of humanity. (laughs) Why are you fucking pushing it then, man? Yeah. Yeah. I I just don't get it. Like, even like working for a corporation such as myself and when the manager comes out and tells you how to do your job, when you do it on a daily fucking basis, 40 hours a week, it's like, what do you want? A fucking robot doing it? Yeah. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure you're going to get that soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, there are so many theories to how that could go, though. They say it could free up humans to create. And then there's the, some say it could free up humans and give them a chance to create and the world would become a beautiful place and others say it would go the way of Terminator and you know there are so many theories on where that could go that I'm kind of just like on that YOLO tip <laughs> like right you only live once day day by I don't know I it's yeah that's kind of just the more more the person that I am I like face things by the day rather sure than, but thinking about how much it's going to affect you in the future or others yeah yeah which yeah yeah which is i don't i like it sounds a lot more messed up when you put it that way <laughs> because i do care yeah. about like others i do care about humanity but I'm also like living, you know, I'm like in my house and working on an album and, and kind of like laser focused, I guess. So, and don't right. watch the news. So, which you know, is very like, yeah, that's important. Um, I, <laughs> it's funny because I, I tell people all the time, like, dude, podcasters are now the new mainstream media you got to turn off the news and listen to us (laughs) it is kind of true though i mean i just speaking on a personal level i listen to almost strictly podcasts all the time same here i i do opt for comedy a lot more than i opt for like you know uh npr or whatever but so i'm i'm but i do learn about things through comedy podcasts as well I love comedy. <laughs> yeah, me too. Obsessed. Unhealthily. <laughs> yeah, but if you if you're laughing, you know, that's the best thing right now, especially. Because too many people out there are just very somber about what's going on. And it's like, dude, you just like I I tell people people ask me all the time, how are you so happy all the time? I'm like, I'm not happy all the time. And I've said this so many times on this show, but uh, and he's a, and they're like, well, ninety five percent of the time, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know, dude. I just you know I, I'm a regular fucking dude. I'm an average guy, you know. I live with my dad. I'm forty two, you know. My dad's semi disabled. My mom's in a nursing home. She has Alzheimer's. Oh, and no. yeah, it's like it's it's hard, right? But like. I got to try to rise above all that shit, right? So I'm just doing what I can do to do that, you know? Absolutely. Also, seeing your parents in that situation, you know, I'm not sure if you're, like, your dad's caretaker or anything, but I've worked with quite a few disabled people in my life and have 
have formed awesome relationships with disabled people in my life through caregiving and, and doing that kind of stuff. And um, seeing they the way that they overcome that adversity has it it almost has given me an entirely new lease on life like one of my best friends um has muscular dystrophy it's a a a non-progressive form of, of muscular dystrophy and he cannot extend his limbs so when he is not in bed he's he's in a wheelchair and he's like one of the coolest happiest people that i know is it amazing? It's incredible. And uh, another friend of mine who's like a, a second mother to me, a second grandmother to me, I would say she's about that age. She, uh, She's quadriplegic and she is just living life with her dog, Maggie, and just as happy as can be, doesn't really give a fuck about anything because she knows how bad it can be you know and it it sucks to see people who are fully able and capable who are in such a bad way about life when I know when I know people like those two friends of mine and my dad my dad my dad like got uh salmonella and it attacked a like his uh, some area of his spinal column, I can't remember, that was, that was, like, susceptible to being attacked. And he couldn't walk for two years. Holy shit. Yeah. And so it was, like, a certain form of quadriplegia. I don't really know the exact diagnosis. You know, I'm not a doctor. But but so I've seen all and, – and my dad learned to walk again. So it's, like, I've seen all of these people face all of this crazy um, adversity and get through it and be – as happy as can be just to know uh, that life isn't this eternal thing. We don't get this forever. So there's not really any use in sweating the small stuff. And that's a big thing for me is people sweating the small stuff. I see it. And I'm like, how are you going to overcome anything big that comes your way? If you can't even overcome like dropping a fucking, uh, like a carton of milk or something on the floor and spilling it everywhere, you know, like it blows my mind that people can't even like, you know, get over shit like that. Totally. I, or that they're just so hyper-focused on really, really stupid things, things that just sort of deteriorate their minds instead of putting that focus into maybe just bettering the world in any way. It really sucks or, or that people get so down, you know, we were just talking about like the, how people think that robots or that AI is going to take over the world. People, I know people who are like severely freaked out about that and talk about it all the time and let it consume their, their, their souls. That's, see, that's the thing. Like me being in the conspiracy world and I, I have a passion for it. Like I love talking about it all. But I always take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I had people come at me about my show. They're like, dude, do you actually believe everything you talk about on your show? Like, it's not about the fact that if I believe in it or not, it's the fact that I'm open-minded to it all, you know? 
Yeah. It doesn't matter if I believe it or not. You know, like somebody could come at me and say, <clears throat> oh, you had a guy on your show that's talking about flat earth. You actually believe that fucking shit? I'm like, it's not, it's not that I believe it or not. It's the fact that I'm open to the discussion without attacking somebody. I mean, don't you at least want to know what they have to say? If someone says that they believe the fucking earth is flat, I'm like, okay, tell me what's on your mind, dude. Like, I want to know. Right. I want to know what this dude thinks. But also, if someone is like combating that, then I'm like, okay, I want to know what. Tell me what's on your mind. I want to know yeah. what this person thinks. Thinks who's so like adamant that the earth is round. I want to hear both sides of the argument because how can you? How can you? form an opinion without knowing everything i'm sure there's there's some thing that like a flat earther will hit you off to that you just didn't know before no matter what even if you don't come away believing in it you're gonna get some cool new piece of information to to go on in your life with absolutely like it's that's what it is for me that's what my my podcast is about it's about <clears throat> getting other people's um, viewpoints on things. And it's like, whether I take that as like a fact or not, it's, it, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you can have a discussion about it and then take it and roll with it and learn something new or toss it out, what have you. And then, you know, everybody's, wiser for it you know precisely and i don't i like i hate it when people are so like closed-minded to the point where it's almost like they're excuse me it's almost like they're in a cult where it's like they attack you because you're talking about it just talking about it yeah yeah people i i feel the same i don't it's going back to what i said earlier like i don't understand the the necessity that some people have to just be incredibly judgy of what other people have to say. Yeah. They're just words. That's all it is. That's all it is. And it's like, whether you let that, you know, whether you let it uh, lose your sleep at night, (laughs) that's on you, you know? Totally. I mean, I'm just trying to go to bed and dream about, you know, like, good shit. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> let's, let's go into that, because you told, told me earlier that you have uh, experienced some night terrors, and I've, I've encountered quite a few people who have as well. I've never experienced it. I had one of my best friends from a, a long time ago. He had that, and he was, like, seeing shadow people and shit in his room, and I need to wake up from it thinking that he just saw it you know yeah yeah so that's exactly what has happened to me one time specifically I remember so it's the natural story that everyone has of night terrors you feel like you've woken up but there's this heavy weight on your chest and you're kind of paralyzed yeah you're paralyzed and it it seems like there's some something or someone in the room with you but there isn't I I remember specifically there's this one time that I had a night terror and I I used to sleep next to a door that went out outside totally not uh, 
God, I don't know what I was going to say, but any, or totally not a feng, what's it called? Uh, feng shui? Is that it? Feng shui? Uh, feng which is shui, like. That's it. Totally not feng shui. You're supposed to be. <laughs> your bed is supposed to be. You're gonna, what are you, you're Japanese now? Jesus. <laughs> so it was totally, I wasn't sleeping according to those laws. <laughs> but I woke up and the door was shaking and it seemed like there were police lights and sirens coming from outside red and blue lights were flashing into my bedroom and the door was it seemed like someone was shaking the door so I thought that someone was outside of the door and um that's one of the night terrors I had it was so scary that's but I them, yeah it was super creepy I've had them quite a few times and it's never been anything quite that violent it's always usually just like a low-key night terror and I almost it it's weird, but I have this, like, maybe it's a compulsion where I think that if I talk about or think about things sometimes what they're going to happen. So I almost don't want to even talk about it because I'm like, now I'm going to have a night terror tonight. And that sucks. Oh, That's- shit. So you find, like, throughout your, your, throughout your daily life, you find that um, there's things that could trigger your mind to kind of trick you into having a night terror that same night? Yeah, or just things. I... I feel like it's like a part of an anxiety that I might have. Like if I'm on a plane, I don't like thinking about the, the fact that the plane could crash because I feel like then I'm like almost talking it into existence. Sure. Like a a manifestation kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's just kind of with anything, but yeah. So I don't, I haven't had one in a while. I just moved into a new house, so I've been kind of curious to know if it would happen. Just because, I don't know, you never know being in a house. I don't experience, I haven't really experienced weird um, feelings in my sleep. I don't know how to say this. I haven't really experienced like the, the feeling of weird things having happened in any of the houses that I've lived in while I'm sleeping, but I will experience that in hotel rooms. Oh, like, that's interesting. Yeah. Sometimes in hotel rooms, my dreams will just be really off. Like, uh, like almost scary. And I don't know that I could repeat any of the dreams, but they just seem off. Like something may have happened in the hotel room. Or I was going to say, it seems like you're picking up on certain energies. Absolutely. Which, I mean, I'm sure that in hotel rooms, there are a lot of strange energies that pass through, especially oh, nights. Sure. Yeah. And there have been nights when the band will all sleep, or like a couple people will all sleep in the same hotel room and will have similar dreams. So that can be weird. Yeah, hotel rooms kind of freak me out in that way. There's something. Holy that- shit. Yeah, there's something that's like inherently... Sorry, go ahead. There's just something that's sort of inherently <clears throat> weird about hotel rooms and just about it, they're almost a purgatory, you know? People are just kind of passing through them right. constantly trying to get they get to there and from there. It's just a weird like the uh the the uh residual energies that still stay there, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you pick up on them in your in your sleep. Like, have you seen that movie, The Ritual? Uh, I haven't seen that. No. Holy fuck. Okay. Well, these guys go on this 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 hiking trip, and it's um, you know, like 
to kind of honor their friend who passed away or got killed in like a, a, a convenience store or a liquor store uh, through at a robbery. Right. So they go hiking in like, I think it's like Sweden or Switzerland. I, I don't remember, but they uh, go through this forest and it's like, they weren't supposed to go that way, but they end up going there and they end up finding this cabin in the middle of nowhere in, in, in like this dense fucking forest. Right. Mm-hmm. And they, they all, they're all like, Holy shit. Like maybe we shouldn't stay here. This is kind of creepy. Right. But they ended up staying there for the night <clears throat> and all of them have like this crazy fucking dream and they all wake up and realize they all had like the same kind of dream. Oh yeah. And it kind of leads them into this uh, ritualistic thing that these townspeople are like, you know, sacrificing people for their demon God kind of thing. Right. It's pretty wild. but Of course. Right. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) How predictable, right? <laughs> no, it, it was a good movie, though, for sure. But yeah, yeah like the fact horror that movies are great, man. I, I'm, I'm a huge horror buff. But um, anyway, um, the fact that people can be in a certain area together and have similar dreams—it's gotta say something, you know. I think so, and that's that's one of the reasons why I just really think that anything is possible you know we don't we really don't we don't know what happens we can sit and hypothesize all that we want on what happens before and after this life but we really have no idea so just take advantage of the time that you have exactly that's and that's my message to everybody right now it's like like my last few episodes i'm like Dude, start your own fucking podcast. Like, start something. Start something that's out of the ordinary, that's um, using your talents, where you can, you know, use your talents to express yourself and hopefully inspire other people to do something, you know? Totally. Everyone has that that thing. Everybody has it. Everybody. It's all God-given, I'm, I'm convinced. Yeah, I agree. Everyone has that thing that the world tells like something has prevented them from do it doing it but they really should do it they really want to do it and it's a voice that will eat at them until they die unless they like fulfill that need to 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 pursue something that they feel like they can't pursue yes i once read this book it's almost like a kind of daily um affirmation kind of thing yeah but it's called the war of art oh yeah actually i just read that for the first time this year is it incredible dude it's amazing i got into like a pretty bad scooter accident in august and my friend for a gift got me the war of art and i have obviously heard about it for years but i hadn't read it until then and I, I love the idea in that book of the muse. You have to meet the muse every day. You know, set yes. up that you're going to meet the muse. And don't be late. Just plan on. The muse is essentially like creating. Yeah, absolutely. You do have to, to agree to meet the muse. Right now I'm doing it in the studio with, you know, it's not every minute that I want to like be 
writing and tracking vocals, but I have to agree with myself to meet the muse and make time for it and allow myself that, that period of time every day to create. That book is fucking great and everyone should read it. Definitely. I'm going to put that in the show notes too. Um, but yeah, basically <clears throat> one of the things that he's, I forget who the author is now, but I don't know if you remember. Do you remember? I don't. I'm about it remembering authors. <laughs> yeah. But um, basically he's saying like, if you're not doing what you should be doing, you're actually pretty much killing yourself on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Absolutely. You're committing suicide, like spiritual suicide, I find. I if agree. you if you don't if you're not doing what you think you should be doing, you know. I totally agree. I mean, yeah, that's why I kind of that's my my sole purpose in life is to just do what I feel I should be doing and not really, you know, if I if I quit playing death metal based on what other people thought I should do I wouldn't I wouldn't be I would have stopped playing this kind of music when I was like 17 years old (laughs) (laughs) but because I haven't stopped look at all I've gotten to do so many cool things I met the love of my life I've met all of my best friends um I've toured the world I've got to I've been able to see like these amazing places and I'm making the music I want to make. And I've experienced all of these cool things just out of the sheer uh, unwillingness to give up. Like, I will never give up playing metal. I'm, I'm not one of those people who like is going to go like do something else. And I'm going to become an author music. now. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would become an author, but I would do it <clears throat> alongside being a metal right. musician. Being well, a vocalist. <clears throat> like all of the stuff is, excuse me also yeah like i've read numerous uh rock and metal musicians autobiographies right like you could do that on the side like here's the story of cheney crab right yeah yep fuck you could do anything man and that that's the thing like that that voice in the back of your head is always saying you you, nobody's gonna give a shit of what you do yeah well, so no one... why would you do it, you know? <laughs> yeah, but you can also use that in the inverse way, which is no one's going to give a shit what you do. So, or did, is that what you said? Did you say, why don't you do it? Yeah, I was basically <laughs> yeah, like, there you go. That, that no one devil... gives a shit what you do, even if you like sit and, and take the boring route in life, you know? No one yeah, is going to give exactly. a shit what you do either way. You're just, you live and you die. But it's a hell of a lot more. It's a hell of a lot more exciting if you actually do it, exactly. and then you see the path that uh, uh, the creator, which is you, and the external creator who created us, is giving you, and he will provide. You know. Absolutely. I mean, or whatever you want to call it. In a, in a way, we're all gods. We're all gods well, of our own existences. You know, we yeah. all are the. Everything happens from us that that comes about in our lives. That's the only way to look at it. The only way to change things for yourself is to fucking change them. No one is going to come along and, and tell you that it's okay to go and pursue your dreams of being a podcaster. No one is yeah. going to say that because everyone is so caught up in their own thing. No exactly. one cares. 
Nobody fucking gives a shit, dude. But I do, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's why I started doing it, this. That's all it takes. Like, how the fuck was, how the fuck did I know before I became a podcaster that I would be talking to you when, you know, I, I saw your videos and shit before I started become, doing podcasts and shit. And I'm like, dude, I got to get this girl on. So I started like kind of manifesting it in my mind. Like I got to shout her out, shout her out. I shouted you out and you were responding and this and that, what have you. And then I, I, <laughs> I said to my nephew, I'm like, dude, I got Cheney Crab on the show. He's like, how the fuck did you do that? <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> it's so awesome. Normal. I don't even think that anyone, you know, I don't even think of it like that. I know. I know. Right. <laughs> like, like knowing your mindset, I know that. Right. Which is why I'm not like totally fanboying out tonight, but like I just really admire what you do. And like, well, thank you. Yeah, and it's it's amazing that we got to talk tonight. I mean, it's it's wild to me, um, and I'm glad I didn't fuck anything up or whatever. You know, <laughs> perfect conversation. Uh, yeah, dude, it's it's awesome. Um, I think we'll wrap it up. We're at like an hour and a half, so um, I want you to uh, plug away at anything you want to plug plug at. Uh, yeah, you cut out a little, but I think you said to plug stuff, right? Plug away, plug away. All right, yeah, just go check out my band, Entheos. Check out uh, the podcast that my fiance Naveen and I do. Called, he's also the drummer of my band, writes a lot of our songs. It's called Copper Crab Podcast. It's on the internet, and yeah, we're going to have new music out this year. So I can't fucking wait, because uh, Dark, Dark Feature is amazing. Well, thank you. I, what we are preparing to put out is uh, the uh, just the material that I'm definitely, I'm just so fucking proud to be a part of. I just can't wait to share it with the world. So That's awesome. And would you consider, I, I, I kind of put a label on your style of music as prog death. 100, <laughs> definitely what we are. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not wrong on that. <laughs> no, I would even say, you know, we're venturing into like almost like post-rocky stuff. Sometimes on oh. the new album as well. It's interesting. I don't know. It's hard. One thing about our band is it's hard to like completely figure it out. <laughs> well, it's that... hard to completely put a label on it, but somehow it just works together. I don't know. That's so... always my favorite kind of music. Me too. Uh, yeah. Me too. Shit you can't label. Yeah, same. You know, I think that that's, that's like my favorite kind of person, too. Yeah, like, for sure, you dude. You see a person and you're like, I just can't put my finger on this person. And, you know, they look like they might be into doom. And then they tell you that they're like a sunflower, a professional, like, sunflower <laughs> grower. You know, they'll come out with some crazy ass fact. And you're like, damn, what? Shit that just I surprises that you. Yeah, I love it, too. So, yeah. Holy yeah, shit. Like that. That's awesome. Uh, any kind of uh, timeline where you're going to release a new album? Or are, you, are you still in the writing stages or what? Uh, we're finishing tracking it, but it'll be out in the middle of the year. We've Sweet. Been, uh, yeah. Yeah. It'll be out in the middle. So, yeah. 
Awesome. Oh, well, I thank you so much for your time. Uh, yeah. I really appreciate it. And holy shit, this is awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been a great conversation. Always stoked to talk to someone who uh, is awesome. So thanks. For cool. <laughs> well, keep it keep in touch. Um, I'll keep posting your videos and shit and mentioning you. So <laughs> I appreciate it greatly. Cool, dude. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Nigel, Nigel, you really got, you really want to do this, don't you? You really want to do this? Oh, Jesus. Nigel's taking over, guys. Hello, Cartel. This is Nigel D. Good speaking. I thank you once again for listening to the Red Pill Cartel podcast. Davey is very happy that he got Jerry Crab to come on tonight. And we wish all the best and the most success for her and her band, Entios. Isn't that right, Davey? Yes, Nigel. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, come on, man. Like, are you really kicking me off the outro? Maybe, perhaps. But I want to give some more input to the show, so let me just do my thing, okay? Okay, all right, all right, all right. Please, Cartel, if you could, please... Donate to the Patreon because I'm still stuck in the Matrix, so I need to get up. Okay? Thank you very much. Also, you can donate to the GoFundMe that we set up for Alexander Wells, who has a brain tumor, and also it looks like she's being okay right now, but also you have to donate because the medical bills are so vast. And she would really like your help, okay? Okay, Carter, that is all for today from Nigel Dico. Jesus Christ, thanks, Nigel. Um, yeah, guys, uh, I really hope you enjoyed the episode, and uh, Nigel here is going to get some, uh, some food tonight because he's... Uh, he really wants to be a part of the show. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, and thank you so much. And um, yeah, look in the show notes for all the links for uh, Cheney and her band and everything. So uh, yeah, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you so much. And I'll see you next time.